insights, unpredictable conversations, encouragement for your day. It's the Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio. Ah, uh, yes, the Patrick Madrid Show. I live for it every day, and I'm glad you listen. Thank you for tuning in. Here's my number, 888-914-9149. That is 888-914-9149. We do have space available now, so please feel free to call in. And uh, that number is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. I have an email here, and it reads... And this is from Robin. And Robin in in Chico, California, you emailed me three times (laughs) in the last couple of days. So I know you're really anxious to hear the answer to this question. And I do appreciate that. Third time's the charm. I guess so, yeah. I want to give you an A for effort. Three emails. Please answer this question. So who am I to say no? Here it goes. Uh, This is for you, Robin. So she says, um, talking about an earlier program where there was a call about Taekwondo, She said, that sparked me to call in regard to a different sport. One of our grandsons received his basketball schedule yesterday. He plays on one of our local recreation department's basketball teams. He is, his team is 10 for 11. I'm sorry. His, I thought, I thought that that was a score. His team is four 10 and 11 year old boys. Most of these boys are in fifth grade. The very first thing that this new schedule that came out said was there will be no score kept. The team that smiles the most wins. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, What are your thoughts on not keeping score at that age? You probably could guess, but I'll continue reading. My husband and I both feel like most everything is being watered down these days, just so everyone feels good about themselves. I think kids, especially this at his age and up, like competition and want to know if their team wins or loses. I believe kids need to learn that sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. The important part is to do your best and be supportive of your team no matter what. Thank you. And I look forward to hearing what you think about the subject. Well, thank you, Robin. You're very kind. And I omitted some of the nice things that you said about the program in your email. But here goes. First of all, you're, I, I agree wholeheartedly with your perception of this. It's not helpful. I mean, whoever came up with that idea... I don't even know if it's a man or a woman, but whoever came up with this notion, whoever smiles the most wins. Um, it's just stupid. And I don't mind saying that it's stupid. And it's partly stupid because it doesn't take into account the reality of the way adolescent boys think and act and what they like and what they don't particularly care about. And one thing boys like at that age especially is they like teams and they like points and they like scores and they like ranks and they like winning and they like moving up from one rank to a higher rank. They like competition. They like that because they're boys. Now, I'm I not... I like to I'm smile. Not, Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. <laughs> Make sports your favorite. Make winning your favorite. Um, yeah, so first of all, I concur with your view. And I don't think I'm being overly harsh or anything. It just It's just a dumb idea on the part of whoever came up with this idea that, you know, whoever smiles the most wins. It's just silly. And that's not how adolescent boys work. You know who's keeping score? Those boys on the basketball team. Oh, for sure. Yeah, maybe the parents aren't. Those, those kids are. <laughs> and I wonder if the losing team is going to try to smile as hard as possible. So... Yeah, I mean, so I guess they're saying if you smile a lot, you you win. 
But even that's supposed to be wrong, right? Isn't it according to this kind of idea that nobody actually wins because we can't have somebody losing? That wouldn't be fair. That wouldn't be right. So I'm with you. I think it's dumb. I I raised six sons to manhood, and I know, I mean, from even my own experience and just living, adolescent boys thrive on competition. Good, healthy competition, yes. I'm not suggesting anything other than that. Sportsmanship, absolutely. The moral virtues that can come out of uh, being a, a good sportsman, absolutely. I'm all in favor of all those things. I, I'm not in favor of win at all costs or cheat to win or be rude or mean to the other team. Not at all. But I do know that boys want to compete and to say, well, if you smile a lot, you win. It's just meaningless and it's self-defeating. And I wouldn't be surprised if that team dwindles or this league dwindles. So those are my thoughts off the cuff. Now, one thing I that your email reminded me of, Robin, was a story that I did, and I'm pretty sure you'll remember this, Cyrus, because it did kind of kick up some ruckus. And this is going back, I don't know, three or four years ago on this program, and I reported on a little story out of someplace back east, Rhode Island maybe, or Philadelphia, or Massachusetts, someplace over there, where the coach of a girls' high school basketball team, I think it was a girls' team, um, got fired because the team won like 100 to 10 or some absurd point spread. His team won. They were just so much better. And because he let the girls play all the way till the very end of the game, he got fired because the, the, the administrators at the school, it was a Catholic school, by the way, they thought this is outrageous and, you know, this is unsportsmanlike and you're humiliating the other team. And I can understand, you know, those ideas. I can understand that. But do you remember this, Cyrus? There were a couple of, of uh, like high school coaches who called in and they were adamantly opposed to my view. My view is that it was wrong that he got fired. And my view, and I, I stand by my view, is that you can you can be gentlemanly you can have uh, mercy on the other team if that's what's necessary you can have good sportsmanship you can show good example shake hands after the game you can do all those things but the job of a high school basketball coach is to train his team to win games now if you're winning by 100 to 10 or whatever the crazy score wound up being it was something big like that Sure. I mean, you could maybe go to the coach or text him and say, you know, it's 100 to 10 at the halftime. Should we maybe just call the game? I, I I would prefer, coach, if you just called the game. What do you think? He could have handled it like that. And he probably said, yeah, you know what? That's fine. But he pushed it. They wound up winning 100 to whatever. And then he got fired. And I oppose that because the goal of a team is to win games, not to smile a lot. Along the way, yes, you show good sportsmanship, you show virtue, you show you know all the things that I just cycled through a moment ago. I don't in any way suggest that we avoid or neglect to do those things. But for that reason, your note, Robin, reminded me of that story. And I was in the minority, I think. I think most people, well, I shouldn't say most. I can't even remember how many emails we got. But I know there were at least one or two high school coaches who strongly disagreed with me. Because we have to show sportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, that's true. And you can do that. 
but you don't fire the coach because he did what he was hired to do, which is to win a basketball game. Does that seem clear? I mean, Cyrus, the way I'm articulating it, is there something about that that maybe is getting lost in the shuffle? No. Not that you have to agree with me, but... No, I, I do agree with you 100% on this one. Uh, and so the, the coach was fired uh, because I think... there's a, This has happened a couple of times now, but mm-hmm. the one I'm looking up right now, it was 100 to 0. The, cult, the coach did not apologize, and so they got fired. But they, it's not like they were racking up the score on purpose. They put in all of their their bench players, all the players mm-hmm. that don't normally get a lot of... I know what a bench player is. Uh, yeah, I yeah, used to me, be a bench player. Yeah, me too. I, <laughs> when I, was I kept the, that bench from flying sports. up in the air. It was yeah. a very important job. Yeah. Uh, so those guys got to play for once. Maybe Which that other team shouldn't them. be in that same division. Put me in, coach. Put me in. I yeah. know I can do it. <laughs> I could throw this football over them hills if the coach just put me in the game. I could have been somebody. We could have gone to the state championships. No, I'm, I'm with you. So, yeah, I mean, that that story still irks me. I hadn't thought about it in years, but now that I'm thinking about it again, it still irks me because to me it's this misguided lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey all the time. That's not what sports is for. Now, sports is for, I want to say it again because I know someone's going to call in and agree with me, but Patrick, what about sportsmen? Yes, sportsmanship. That's cool. Do that. Don't not do that. But especially when you get into the older grades. Now, 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds, still, I mean, it's ridiculous to think that these adolescent boys are going to be happy if they win, win, quote-unquote, because they smiled more and there's no score. That's just deeply misguided because that's not how adolescent boys are. May I say to you? Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt in my mind. Absolutely. He could still throw a mean steak, though. Yeah, he sure can. <laughs> All those years later. Uh, talk about a guy who lived in the past. So those are my thoughts, Robin. And I don't know what more I can say about that. If my kid, if my 11-year-old son was in a like a city league or a local sports team and the lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey all the time coach said, well, we're not going to keep score. I would pull, I'd pull my son and say, I'm going to find a better place for you because it's defeating the purpose. So I don't know. You agree, disagree. We don't even have to talk about that. But because Robin was so in a good way, believe me, Robin, that you were persistent, I do appreciate that. So I wanted to give you first shot. 888-914-9149. How about Eileen now in New Jersey? Good morning, Eileen. Good morning. I just had one comment uh, yeah. about the basketball. And, what do you think um, about that? I think they might, well, I think they might have to change the name of the program to Smiling <laughs> because the goal is you're either playing basketball or you're not. And uh, I have four sons and I absolutely agree that the goal is to play basketball. Or you, I guess it could be practice, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's surely not yeah. a basketball game. You, how old are your boys? You say they're in that age range? Or they, uh, they no, can't no, all be in that age my, range? Uh, between 20 and 30. But okay. I we did a lot of those basketball games, and sometimes we won and sometimes we lost, but we sure kept score. Do you think your boys, when they were 10, 11, 12 years old, 
would have even had interest in playing on a team where the coach said, we're not going to keep score. Just whoever smiles the most is going to win. Would they have just said, this is ridiculous? Or do you think they would have been willing to play under those conditions? I think they would have been a little demoralized because when they played, they don't smile that much. They're concentrating and working. So someone's asking for, you know, something that's not part of, it's not really compatible. Not that you can't be cheerful or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know, you're working, you're you're concentrating, you're trying. So right. I, I don't think they would enjoy it because they would lose because you're still keeping score. Right. Right. These these people are still going to have a winner and a loser. Even if <laughs> the scoreboard different. says zero or puts a smiley face emoji where the points would normally be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're still they, they are still keeping some sort of score. Sure, they it's are. It's just not the baskets. To me, it's similar. And, and I remember when some of our kids, when they were younger, playing soccer and such, that they would get a participation trophy. Everyone would get a participation trophy. I think that's goofy also. I mean, for little kids, okay, I can see that. You, you, know, you don't want your five-year-old sad because his team didn't do so well. I, I can see at a young age. But as you get older... To me, this is like getting a participation trophy. It's meaningless because you didn't earn anything. You didn't do anything. And that's ultimately even higher than learning the virtues of sportsmanship. Tell me what you think, Eileen, because I don't want to put words in your mouth. But my view is that playing sports is has multiple goals in mind, one of which is learning good conduct, sportsmanlike conduct, being uh, a good sport, all the ways in which we could say that. That's part of it. But I think the higher goal is to win games. Not to win games right. at any cost or to be brutal or anything like that. So I'm excluding any of those things, not cheating or anything like that. But I think that has a higher priority or even the highest priority. So am I wrong? Yeah. What and do you think? No, no, absolutely. And they're um, learning a skill and improving Mm-hmm. each time and the way that you know you're improving is the score yeah <laughs> you know making the, making the basket and all that and that's what that's what you're doing and slowly improving yourself and um and then doing it together mm-hmm. helping each other passing you know not, not yeah personal excellence as well as team spirit and team cooperation and and it exactly. is a great feeling when you sink a basket, which I rarely did. I, I was never good at <laughs> basketball. That's why I was on the bench typically. Um, but when you score a goal in soccer or you catch a fly ball in baseball, it, there's just a really good feeling about that. Yeah. And it's good to be rewarded for that because it incentivizes the athlete to do better and to try harder, which is always good. And then maybe they're smiling more and they win. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, I like the way you put a, a good face on this, Eileen. That's good. Well, thanks for the call. Yeah, appreciate that. A bit long, but okay. He didn't even finish. <laughs> you cut him off. You already came in. Like, That's a little I knew long. where that was going. Yeah, all right, fade out. Yeah. There's a there's a song by a, a an interesting Argentinian, well, they're not all Argentinian. They've got some European guys in there called Gotan Project, G-O-T-A-N, Gotan Project. And they have a a really cool song called La Gloria. And interesting song, we'll go into other phone calls, but just interesting eclectic song here. 
he, the, the song is being sung in Spanish, but it's being sung as if it were a guy doing the announce, you know, doing the announcing or doing the, you know, the, the play-by-play at a soccer game. And so as you're listening to it, if you speak Spanish, you hear him, he's talking about all the members of the band. He's describing, you know, what they play and all this. Well, then there's a part in the song where he says, like, like a soccer announcer would say, you know, go, and you think he's going to say goal, but then he says, go, tan. Well, yeah, this guy. Yeah, listen for a second. It's pretty cool. Let's take it all the way to the goal. Part. It's coming up. He's describing the musicians and their music. Here it comes. That's the name of the group. You got that fast, Cyrus. Well done. Gotan Project. You say, how is that spelled? Geo. Now, let's listen to a little bit of the Argentinian sway here. See a little uh, tango feel to it. It's a good workout song if you're lifting weights or something. Okay, thank you. Uh, the name of the band, Go, and write this down, Young Thomas, because you will get people ac- asking you. It's Gotan, G-O-T-A-N, Project. And uh, that song is called La Gloria. To the phones. Uh, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Where are we going? Let's go to Geraldine in Roanoke, Virginia. Hi, Geraldine. Oh, good morning, Patrick. I was just calling in about the um, the sports and the competition. Yeah. I'm actually a parks and recreation major that graduated from Belmont Abbey College. Um, oh, okay. Lots, lots, lots of years, lots of years ago. Mm. But, um, you know, being part of that, I call it the, um, you know, everybody gets a trophy process was just mm-hmm. the most horrible thing that ever <laughs> evolved yeah. out of, out of, of that concept starting like in the eighties. But, um, when children get to be seven years old, they know about winning and losing and rules and playing fair yeah. and, and, mm-hmm. and competition. So uh, when I ran programs up until about six, six and under, it was just about skill sets and learning, mm-hmm. you know, learning about the sport. Um, maybe not so much scorekeeping, but parents would always come up because somehow they were keeping score. But, <laughs> but mm. the kids really don't care when they're, you know, four or five, six years old. But <clears throat> it kicks in around um, you know, seven and they want to play yeah. and they want to be better and they want to be recognized for that. And they should be recognized. The other thing that we used to do, um, down in the, um, Charlotte market was, uh, give, you got a patch for participation, but then mm. the trophies were awarded for achievements done. So that was, which makes sense. Comment. Yeah, yeah, and if I can underscore, because I do agree with you, Geraldine, that in the when the little guys are playing t-ball, you know, four, five, six-year-olds, um, I do agree that it's not necessary, and it may even be inappropriate in some cases, <clears throat> for the emphasis to be on keeping score, because they're so little, they don't really right. understand yet that if you compete and lose, you're not a bad person or you didn't do something right. bad. You know, sometimes they might have that misunderstanding. So I am in favor of, of for the little guys, 
altering things in a way like, you know, you don't keep score when you're playing t-ball. That's fine by me. I'm, I don't object to that. But by the time you're 11 or 12, my, here's my thesis. By the time you're a boy and even moving into adolescence and teenagerhood, you need competition. You need to see where do you stack up. You need points. You need ranking. You, there needs to be a winner and a loser when I'm in sports so that you have an incentive to try harder and do better and, and achieve more. That's, those are virtues that are easily just as important for sports as sportsmanship and being, you know, being generous and, and polite to your opponent and things like that. That's important, but I think these virtues are easily just as important, if not more so. Any thoughts on that? I agree with that because it's developing your skill sets. And um, I have a grandson who lives in Carlsbad, California, and he plays rugby, which is a foreign sport to me. <laughs> but he just turned seven, and he calls and says, Gigi, I scored three tries. Well, I didn't know that <laughs> a try. <laughs> was, I'm good. like, you tried what? And I, you know, I had to Google it. I'm like, that's great. But He took three shots, he, missed all three, but he still took three shots, right? No, try is the actual term for scoring in, oh. in rugby. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. Didn't. Okay. <laughs> <Me either. laughs> and I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad you tried. But then I realized my son-in-law's from South Africa. I guess, no, that's what a score is called, Mom. I'm like, oh, yeah. good job there, Luke. So, um, But they know they're working, and they, you know, they go to practice a couple times a week. And, and, you, and then you have games, and you're interacting. You should it's just like setting you up. I, it's mm -hmm. sports and life parallel, very, you know, real life. Yeah. Compare very, very closely. So when you do good work, when you work hard, you should be rewarded for it. I do agree. I totally agree. And that's, you know, final thought on that. Thank you for your call, Geraldine. That's life. That's what life is all about. You're working at your company and you're failing to perform your subpar you're not going to get a raise. You might not even keep your job. And what are you going to say to your boss? Hey, well, I smile a lot. Oh, okay. Well, you smile a lot. Well, no, it doesn't work that way. And we all know it. Anyway, thanks, Geraldine. Appreciate that. Look what you did, Robin. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool, though. And I'll be right back. This hour sponsored by Christendom College. Send your child to Christendom College's high school summer program, The Best Week Ever. Use promo code RELEVANTRADIO and get 50% off. Spots fill up very quickly, so apply today at thebestweekever.com. That's thebestweekever.com. Welcome back to the Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio. Have a question? Give Patrick a call. 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Patrick Madrid on Relevant Radio. Remember this song? I don't. Remember it? No, I don't know the song. I, anyone I, I think anyone my Anderson. age will remember it. I think I might have heard it in a Wes Anderson movie. That's Yes, you might have heard it. I mean, I heard it recently and I had forgotten all about it. I think it came out roundabout, I don't know, give or take 1971. And, um, I mean, it, you know, it's a variation on an old song, but what is it, Beethoven's Symphony in G? I forget which one it is, but 
I forget. It may not even be Beethoven, but brought back good memories when I heard it. So yeah, it thanks for playing that. Very happy sound to it. I like it. You kind of want to dance a jig now, don't you? Well, maybe you don't. I don't. Yeah. Um, well, let's see now. Back to the phones, 888-914-9149. Why don't we go to Miles in Wisconsin Rapids, Mich- or Wisconsin. Good morning, Miles. Good morning, Patrick, and thank you. You're um, welcome. I, I, <laughs> I agree with you regarding the trophies, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about like people who made it to the Olympics or high school people making it to state. They should get some kind of like at least a certificate, excuse me, certificate saying that I made it or I participated in this level. Just something that they could put on the wall saying I was participating in just something. <laughs> they could, okay, sheet yeah. of paper they could put in a put in a frame, hang on the wall. That's all. I don't Something disagree. Like I mean, because that is the pinnacle achievement in sports and athletics to be to be first of all to make the Olympic team, and then to compete, and even better, of course, if you win some medals. I wonder if there may be something like that, where where you have your certificate of being on the 2024 U.S. Olympic team in whatever. They may have something like that, but I think you're right that people who just make it to that level, even if they never medal. That's still a huge achievement, and it deserves recognition. Is that is that what you're saying? Because if it is, I agree with you. Absolutely, absolutely, that's tr- correct. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you very much. For you're welcome, me and everybody else. Okay, you're most welcome. Thank you. Uh, let's go now to Hope in San Antonio, Texas. Hi, Hope. Welcome. Hi, Patrick. It's my first time calling. I just wanted well, welcome. to weigh in on. Thank you. I just wanted to weigh in on this story about the basketball coach. Um, We live in San Antonio, and our son attends Catholic school and plays at the, um, is in sixth grade, and so is playing at the middle school level. And here in San Antonio, it's very competitive um, in the Catholic schools at the middle school level. And I totally agree with you in terms of competition and life lessons and learning that Mm -hmm. you got to stack up. Otherwise, um, you don't, you just don't get to play much. But on the other hand, I think just from experience this year, um, there is kind of a delicate balance at the middle school level because um, he's sat on the bench a lot this year and he has played in other leagues that are not as competitive. But um, and he's in I the sixth grade. Is that right, Hope? He's, he's so he's about grade. 12 years. No, he'd probably be at 11 years old, maybe. Yeah, he's 11 okay. years old. And I yeah. think it's just... Um, well, my husband's really emphasized, hey, you've got to, you know, you've got to put your, when you have those few minutes, you have to give it your best. You've got to show the coach you've got something. Right. It's all about skills. But on the other hand, I see um, he does get discouraged. He doesn't say too much about it. And it's it's trying to find that place of wisdom to inspire him. Hey, you're only 11 years old. Like, don't give up on basketball. You have the rest of your life. So I, I get, I totally agree with you. It is a life lesson. And he, he's learning that, and my husband's really clear on that. Like, hey, and we talk about that, you, you got to be your best. But on the other hand, I do see, like, sometimes I wish there was more rotation um, with the players that are still mm-hmm. developing skills. And and so I, no one's ever going to be happy. You know, the coach does their best. But it is a little tricky at this level um, where I feel like it's easy to feel like, nah, I'm never going to be that good. I'm just going to give up on it. And Mm-hmm. That's kind of a tricky thing. No, I I think that we're on the same wavelength. And, and maybe one nuance here that I should emphasize, which sounds like 
part of what you're saying is that it's a gradual thing. And as I was saying a minute ago, with the little guys, you know, the little, little kids who are playing uh, t-ball and things like that, they they don't even really know how to play the game. They're just, you know, in soccer, right. they're just running around. They don't even know what they're doing. The poor coaches, they, they should get a trophy for their patience and, you know, teaching <laughs> these little true. guys. So I agree. At that age, keeping score in, you know, this team wins and that team loses, I mean, I don't think it's necessary and it could even be counterproductive. I'm, I agree on that. As you get older, you start phasing in some of those things. You teach them good sportsmanlike conduct. You teach them the virtues of sports and athletics. Um, and you said having fun, which is a big part of it, maybe even the biggest part of it. But as a boy gets more to the age of your son, I'm inclined to think that those things that we shield the little guys from are no longer necessary in that the guys who are 11, 12 years old, they now not only need to learn how to compete, but they want to. And maybe your son has told you that. I mean, I, I like it when we win, mom. I like it when I hit a home run or when I score a goal. It's something that's really important for adolescent boys and it helps form them as men so that they can be fair and polite and gracious and you know, learn how to lose graciously, all those things. But at the same time, to learn how to win or at least to strive to win, that's a good thing in itself. So I would argue, I, I would, if you don't mind if I would just put it this way, I would just say, I would, my view is a gradual movement in that direction. I'm not saying that at the younger ages that that's necessary. What are your thoughts? I would agree. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I think it's just, I think it's hard for the coaches because they're excited when they have the opportunity to win, which I get. You have a young coach and he's doing a great job. Mm -hmm. But I just, sometimes I would wish there'd be a little more rotation in there so that the younger players have more opportunity for development. But on the other side, I agree. This is life lesson, right? If you don't step up, you're not going to get that job. You're not going to get that scholarship. You're not going to do whatever it is that you need to do as an, as a young man. And so I agree. And we've been trying to emphasize that. And I think sometimes I just struggle with finding that place of inspiration for him. Like Mm -hmm. I told him, you know, it's like, don't give up. You're 11 years old. Like, you have your whole life ahead of you to play basketball and learn skills. So keep going. And I think that's the place of, of emphasis, you know, is like, mm-hmm. yes, you have to stack up, but don't give up either. So that was my uh, only point. Yeah, my only no, I, I, I agree. I do agree. And one, as you're describing it, especially with your son at that age, it reminds me of a movie that I saw, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago. It was called Facing the Giants. And it's a really good movie about, high school sports and learning how to lose graciously, how to strive. I never even thought about that movie until you were talking about your son's experience. So even though I haven't seen the movie in a million years, that might be something you and your son and your husband would enjoy watching. It's called Against the Giants. Or I'm sorry, sorry, Facing the Giants. Facing the Giants. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Thank you for the recommendation. We will definitely check it out. I I appreciate it. You're okay, most welcome. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah, thank you for the call. Appreciate that. Uh, let's go to Mark now in Oaklawn, Illinois. Hello, Mark. Welcome. Hey, Patrick. Good morning. Thanks for giving me the yeah. opportunity. Happy you know, to. Uh, you know, being a being a, 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 a lifelong gym rat, I mean, I love playing basketball. I wasn't uh-huh. very good, but, you know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, I, I think for, for grammar school players, it's, it's really all about uh, – 
uh, you know, you're, it's really about getting the kids playing time and really not winning the game, but getting them playing time so they get an opportunity to get on the court. And, and mm-hmm. they're almost better off sometimes when they lose because they learn that life isn't about winning. It's a, it is, but you learn more when you lose because you got to pick yourself up all the time and you got to get back to work. Yeah, uh, I But agree. I think when the kids get into high school, it's a little different scenario where, you know, it's not about getting playing time because, you know, uh, I deserve it. But the coaches are going to make the decision and the best players are going to play. The, the problem is with grammar school, a lot of parents get involved that are coaches and they don't give kids enough playing time. And, and really, well, I used to sit on the bench. I wanted to, I wanted to put my hands around that coach. You know, you want to get in the game. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the coach's son yeah, always is pitcher thing, or always is quarterback or, uh, you bad. know, I've it's seen terrible. that. You know, the last thing, I, last thing I'm going to say, and I'll let you go, is that, you know, when you're out there playing, these are for all those young athletes out there, all you young ball players. when you make a mistake, take the frown off of your face and smile because you know what? You can, you can put that play behind you and, and you're going to go forward with the next play with a positive attitude. I see a lot of kids that are, you know, ranting and raving after they make a play. And guess what happens? It carries right on over into the next play. So yeah. you got to be able to put it behind you. Short memory. I, I completely agree. It sounds, you sound like a sportscaster. Mark, you have ah. a future ahead of you. <laughs> love of the game. That's what you're teaching them, Patrick, is love of the game. That's yes. the biggest thing you're teaching them. I think that's definitely up there. That's for sure. Yeah, but thanks for the call. Hey. I hope you have a great day. Yeah, you too, Mark. Thank you. Let's take a break. Perfect timing, right on the nose, as a matter of fact. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Hey, Cyrus, I called it. I predicted it, that somebody would call in to tell me that I got the song wrong. And sure enough, <laughs> thank you, Marianne in Philadelphia. She says, it's not Beethoven's Symphony. It's a take on Jesu, Joy of Man's Desiring, which is Bach. You are correct, Marianne. How embarrassing, you Patrick. I know. How dare I mess up like that? <laughs> I knew it would happen. Thanks, Marion. I'll be right back. This hour is sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com. Welcome back to the Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio. Have a question? Give Patrick a call. 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Patrick Madrid on Relevant Radio. Just occurred to me another good sports movie for boys and girls too for that matter. It stars Kevin Costner and it's called... What is it called? I'm looking it up here. It's called McFarland, USA. Came out nine years ago. I thought it was a little bit longer. But he plays a high school track coach. Or maybe it's cross country. I forget which. It's either track or cross country. And he he gets a job in a really poor high school um, in like a barrio. And the team is predominantly Mexican and or Mexican-American. And they're demoralized. They're discriminated against. They come from poverty. There's drugs. And it's just a, not a good place or a good situation. So he moves there with his wife and kids. 
And it's another one of these really feel-good sports movies where he's a good coach and he instills confidence and virtue and and winning. Uh, so that was another one that I really enjoyed. So moms and dads, if you're looking for some movies that would be helpful to show your kids, boys and girls, that's another one. McFarland with a D at the end, USA. And the one I had mentioned before that is called Facing the Giants. And uh, that's another high school football team drama came out in 2006. So yeah, not quite 20 years ago. And um, it, it too was, I thought, very good. My kids enjoyed it. 888-914-9149. Let's go over to Nick now in Houston. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm enjoying the topic this morning because I am yeah. a t-ball coach. Okay. And um, I personally do not like baseball, and my kids know this, but they know that I'm out there for them. Uh, I'm also mm -hmm. active military, so I'm able to use what I've learned to go out and teach, coach, and mentor these kids. But, you know, this hour, hour and a half that we have for t-ball is not a free babysitting session for parents, and I'm very assertive mm -hmm. when I'm out there on the baseball field because we're there to compete but for that hour and a half, and it's great to see progression. But I agree with you on it being great for adolescents, both young boys and young girls, because it teaches them how to lose. Yeah. And it teaches them how to be part of a team. And if you want to be a functioning member of society, everything that we ever accomplish is always through teamwork. And that's the biggest aspect of that press on the team. And mm -hmm. when they lose, I tell them that they lost. And I tell them, you know, when you get tears and stuff like that, I tell them, like, you know what, if you don't like it, you're going to have to try harder. I said, you don't mm -hmm. like it, try harder. You got to practice harder. You got to work together better and stuff like that. And they start getting it. And we usually have one of the more competitive teams because I do coach pitch as well. And uh, okay. it's great to see progression and, and then learn how to win and lose with other teams. You know, for somebody who admittedly doesn't like the game of baseball, I have to admire you for being out there coaching in a sport that you don't particularly enjoy. I'm sure your kids appreciate that. Yeah, I hope they do, but I'm ready. My uh, my older son now wants to do flag football, so uh, we'll I'll get I'll get into that one just as much as I get into baseball. But I think just the biggest joy that I have is being able to be there with my children. That I'm able to do it because I know there's a lot of parents that would like to do it, and either their jobs don't allow them, or maybe they don't have the confidence in themselves, or maybe they're not really too sure how to approach it. But I just mm -hmm. enjoy being able to be out there with my children and for all the children. And we've created such a great social network here, and we have a lot okay. of great parents, especially in the area that I'm at. That uh, I get a lot of people on the side that tell me thanks for what I'm doing for their kids, and they're appreciative of how assertive I am instilling discipline with them on the baseball field. So there are, are some that actually put them into sports for discipline. So I said, look, I'm I'm just here to coach. If somebody yeah. doesn't like it, there's plenty of other volunteering positions available. So. Let's go back to the point you made earlier, Nick. I'm interested. You said you teach them how to lose. And I like what I hear because losing is part of competing and everybody loses sometimes. So elaborate on that. As a coach, what is it you want them to learn and what are some of the things you do as coach to teach them how to lose? Yeah, well, when they lose, you get you get your tears and then you get those that just want to quit. They're like, no, I'm not going back out there. No, I don't want to do this. And I sit there and I'll take a knee right there next to them as they're boohooing on the bench and I'll tell them, so you know what? your teammates, your left and right, they need you out there. They need you to go do your job because you're a part of this team. You need them to do their job. They need you to do your job because all of y'all were either going to succeed or fail together. And when they start kind of looking around at their other teammates and their teammates hear me telling them that, and they're like, oh, man, I got a bigger stake in the game. It's not just hmm. about me. It's about somebody else's, you know, needing me to help them. 
Mm-hmm. So even at a very young age, they kind of start understanding that aspect to a certain extent. And then when they get older, they kind of get it more, especially if they do a bad play. Yeah. And they come in. My son, my son admittedly is very emotional and he'll come out and he would be the one that's crying and stuff. And I'm like, Hey man, if you don't like it, you got to do, you got to try harder. Mm-hmm. I said, but you can't let that one play ruin your whole game. Yeah. And if he drops yeah, the ball or misses a catch or something, is that what you mean? Or strikes out something like that? All three of them. Yes, sir. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, I said, son, that, that's not going to, if that ruins your whole game, then your whole team's dependent on you. And I wanted mm-hmm. the head coach at this time. The head coach is one that put him at shortstop. And if anybody knows anything about baseball, that's one of your more tougher positions. And I looked at the coach and said, you sure you want to put my son there? Because I don't take <laughs> it easy on my own kids. And he was like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll put him out there. And I was like, well, okay. And he actually worked out pretty well. So um, let me ask you coach, one other question, Nick, if you don't mind. As I'm sure you're busy. So we talked a little bit about your philosophy of teaching the kids about losing. What about teaching them about winning? And what sparks my question here is because I took a stand a few years ago on a story, and I talked about it again today, where a girls' high school basketball coach was fired because he he led his team to victory 100 to 0 or whatever. It was some ridiculous blowout number. And the administration of the school fired him for doing that. And I said, I think that's wrong because especially at that level, the goal is to teach your, your athletes how to win. Yes. Sir. Not, not how to let the the other guy down gracefully. I mean, that's an important thing to learn along the way, but that's not the goal of a high school basketball team. So given that you coach and you have a philosophy about winning, I presume, what is that philosophy, and how would you bounce your philosophy up against what happened to that coach when he got fired because he won too big? I agree with you in the disagreements of them firing that coach. Um, mm-hmm. You don't tell your team to hold back, but that's when your second string, third string come in, but you don't ever tell your kids to hold back. Now, the philosophy on winning is you don't just kick them while they're down. <clears throat> that by no means is the approach. But if you win big, and I tell my guys because they're cheering and stuff, well, my kids because I got guys and guys and girls, and I was like, you know what? I said that's good. You should be proud of yourselves. Y'all played a good game. I said, but I said the same thing that happened today. That team could be you next week. I said, so yeah. you remember if you want to come out and go up today or go, go overboard with it, or if you go talking smack in school. I said that could be you losing next week. So you better keep that. You better keep your uh, you know keep your humility about you. Because mm-hmm. the tide could turn at any time. So always play your hardest. I and mean, if you left it all on the field, I told you, if you left it on the field, I'll be proud of you regardless, just as long as you give me your best. And I said, but don't go out there giving them a hard time because that could easily be you, and you wouldn't like it if somebody did that to you. So winning with humility, I think, is very huge, especially when you see in some pros. Because you got pro players that are super humble, and you love to watch them play just for the love of the game. And then you see others that are arrogant, and they're cocky, and those are not the ones that – that's not the aspect that I'm going to be teaching my children because humility, mm-hmm. as we know, the greatest fall of the devil is a pride. So humility is the only way to combat that. So, so they need to be good winners and good losers. Uh, you put it well, and I agree with you. Good points all, Nick. Thank you for that. And thanks for calling in today. Uh, how about Maggie now in Oak Park, Illinois? Hi, Maggie. What do you think? Hi. Hi, Patrick. Um, I think it's extreme to a point that, you know, it's so young that they start implementing all these things. But I have a grandson that's now seven and a half, but okay. his father was a basketball star and he's kind of played with the boy, but never pushed him really. But when my grandson plays, they bench him because he scores too much. They make oh. him sit all, almost always out the second half of the game so other kids get a chance to score. 
I think it's important for the other kids to get a chance to score, but not at the expense of a star player who is penalized for being too good. I don't think that's a good idea. And if it's, is this basketball? It is. And the Christian high schools are already going to his games to pursue him. They talk to my daughter and son-in-law all the time mm-hmm. about possible scholarships and all that already. Yeah, so, good for um, him. And he's yeah. seven, so he probably doesn't understand. Like, well, how come I can't play? No. I can score goals. Why, why won't they let me play? Yeah. Yes. It, it, it saddens him because he loves to be with his friends and all. But they want to move him now up to a second and third grade league so yeah. that, you know, he's not overpowering the others. But he wants to be with his kindergarten friends or his first grade friends. I can't blame him. You know, and at that age, I, I, I can see where there's a little, you know, there's some wiggle room there. But um, there's nothing wrong with an athlete dominating his peers in a game. I mean, that's yeah. every coach's dream is to have a player who dominates. And, yeah. and we shouldn't penalize that player just because the other kids aren't as good as him. So I'm sorry to hear that he's going through that. Yeah. But in a way, that too is a good life lesson. You know, yeah. he's learning at an early age that sometimes life isn't fair. That's another yeah, important lesson. You hope, yeah, but the hope is that he doesn't hold back so that he doesn't get shamed for it in any way. I agree. Yeah, I hope that his parents and you or whoever in his life is close to him gives him that kind of encouragement. So he, he doesn't fall into thinking, well, I, I'll just I'll just coast because when I really work hard, they penalize me for that. Yeah. Well, I asked wow. him what he thought of Michael Jordan and could he get that good. He goes, he's just really old, he told me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that sounds good, Maggie. And I hope he has a, an illustrious career in athletics. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. How about now Rita in Florida? Hi, Rita. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say that when my son was in um, grammar school and it was mm-hmm. second grade, the uh, kids played uh, against the other second grade, and the coach was uh, the pitcher, and uh, he was pitching, and then the ice cream truck came by, and both teams ran off the field to get ice cream, and the parents <laughs> are yelling, go back on the field, and he's, the coach is looking at them with his hands on his hips, and he goes, okay, well, we'll just wait, and then they finished out the game. <laughs> But they it's scored, funny. but they didn't score. How do you how do you so, play baseball with an ice cream cone in your hand? I don't know. They have That's to funny. It. Time out, yeah. everybody. Ice yeah. cream break. That's funny. Hey, Rita, you should hear what Cyrus told his kids when they were little when the ice cream truck would roll into the neighborhood. <laughs> you should tell them, Cyrus. <laughs> so the trick, the trick is when you hear the ice cream truck coming down your street, say, oh, that's too bad. When they're playing that song, it means they're out of ice cream. <laughs> oh, darn. The ice cream oh, truck's out of ice out cream. out of ice cream. Oh, oh. well, maybe next time, kids. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, that's well, thanks, funny. Rita. Nice chatting. Thank you. Um, I think that's brilliant, Cyrus. I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> it saved me a couple bucks. <laughs> hey, I have an email okay. uh, that has that's, uh, uh, relates to this topic here. This is from... Who from? Patricia. Okay, And she's listening on the app and she says, good morning, sir. Thank you for the great radio show and all you do for Christ and his church. I just had a quick thought about not keeping score in school sports. If enough places do this, what's going to happen to college and professional sports? 
I'm not much of a sports fan apart from the Olympics, but I still feel the same way you do about this. Sportsmanship and keeping score like normal are not mutually exclusive. Thank you, Patricia. So well, you that's got another nice. you got another person on on this your side of the so if we're keeping score, <laughs> uh, I think it's seven to three. I'm just participating. <laughs> I'll get you that trophy, Patrick. <laughs> There's no winners or losers in a conversation like this. Um, just keep smiling. But, yeah, I'll just keep smiling. And let me know when I get my participation trophy. I'll put it right here over the microphone. Thanks. Did you have a second email or was that the uh, one? That's all I have for now. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. Let's go to Katie now in St. Michael, Minnesota. Hi, Katie. Hi, Patrick. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Happy to. I wanted Welcome. To comment on, thank you. I wanted to comment on the sports question I because I have two girls that are 11 and 12 and then okay. twin boys that are 13. Okay. And so it's been a journey, the whole sports question, because when I was a kid, I did tons of sports, tennis and softball and basketball, and I wasn't very good at anything, but I just tried a bunch of sports. Mm-hmm. And today it seems like in order to play in middle school and high school, they had to have been playing since they were really little. Um, but the whole competition question then, I have a seven-year-old boy and he comes home from hockey and it's the first thing he tells me, we won 40 to two, you know, <laughs> or his head will be hanging down. We, we lost, lost, you know, yeah. one to nine. So it's, and just seeing my older kids go through it, I would agree with the little kids four to six. They just need to learn the sport and mm-hmm. they don't really care about the score. Right. But starting at seven, they notice and it and it matters to them. And <clears throat> so my my comment is actually that it's been a journey for me as a mom to learn that boys are different or that they process this differently the Mm -hmm. competition and the points matter and actually for my girls too yeah for adolescent boys i i just want to you know affirm what you're saying here it is it is important to them and they really thrive when there are teams and points and ranks and promotions and um competition they love that stuff and so you can really bring out the best in these young boys when they're given the chance to do those things. Uh, and people who understand that, coaches and others who understand that, can really harness a lot in a very good way, a lot of energy and effort uh, from these young guys. You want to say anything final, Katie, before we go? No, I, I guess that was all. That was my comment. Just I would uh, be on your side there with points, points well, matter, thank you. especially as they get older. I appreciate that, Katie. Thank you. God bless you and your beautiful family. And hour two is right around the corner. So please stay right there. I'll be right back right after this. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance.